Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Hello and welcome, and it is my divine pleasure to bring you the Spirit Seeker Hour each and every week, interviewing some of the most amazing people on the front lines of mind, body, spirit, technology, uh, energy medicine, whatever you want to call it. But we're living in different times, and people are hungry for this knowledge, and we um, are just, you know, very grateful to have been bringing this information to the readers and for almost uh, 17 and a half years now. And for those of you that um, aren't familiar with Spirit Seeker magazine, you can read it online each and every month at spiritseeker.com. And if you send us an email to info at spiritseeker.com requesting to be added to our email list, we will send you notices of the weekly radio show, when the um, monthly magazine is online. We'll let you know of other mind, body, spirit events throughout the U.S. and occasionally uh, Canada and Europe as well. We have readers throughout the world. So each issue has wonderful, wonderful articles. We have a green article. Starting with our March issue, we will also have uh, healthy articles for your uh, pets, you know, and animals. That's something new that we've added uh, because we've listened to what you want. And people now more than ever are wanting their pets to be just as healthy as the people of their immediate family. So without, um, I just want to mention a couple of things for the January issue. Uh, there's a great article on using coconut oil, and there's an article by um, Stephanie Roberts, who is very well known in the feng shui world, on clutter clearing and um, finding your authentic self. And then also an article by Dr. Ji Gang Sha, who I interviewed last week, and he is fabulous. If you listen to that, um, listen to that particular interview from the 21st, you will actually hear him doing soul singing. And he has an article in the January issue on four-step way to heal from cold symptoms. And I love Dr. Sha. Actually, Dr. and Master Shah, he's a medical doctor, traditional, and then he's trained in um, Qigong, Tai Chi, energy medicine, etc. And his soul singing will touch you and take you places that you'll just think, what? I mean, part of it sounds like you're in a Native American sweat lodge. Part of it sounds like you're in a temple in India. And yet the chanting and the soul singing throughout all parts of the world is very similar. Okay, so today I have the divine privilege of interviewing Sarah Weissman. Sarah is an author. She's a gifted psychic. She has her own radio show. Um, She does a lot of things. She's a spiritual teacher and an intuitive. Uh, She actually is the author of six insightful books on spirituality and intuition. Uh, She uh, hosts the popular radio show Ask Sarah and is a top contributor to the Daily Ohm that Scott Bloom and his wife uh, Madison bring to us. She's Um, has a show on Vivid Life, Inspire Me Today, and others. She has released four healing music CDs, and she has a wonderful article in the January issue of Spirit Seeker Forecast 2014, 11 Spiritual Shifts Beyond the Shift. And in our February issue, there's going to be a wonderful article on soulmates. So, Sarah, welcome, welcome, welcome. 
Oh, Cindy, thank you so much for having me. I'm just thrilled to be a part of this today. Well, and you know, I loved your article on the forecast 2014 because, you know, I teach a lot with manifesting with the moon cycles. Um, I've studied with a friend, Beatrix Quintana, for years and other teachers. And, you know, these are fabulous times we're in right now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I um, I think a lot about, uh, you know, how we were so excited about the shift in 2012 and how it it has actually come to fruition and things are even even just your what you were talking about uh, people wanting their pets to be as healthy as they are and and shifting to different ways of eating just just a few of those is like yes this is where people are tracking because we're changing and evolving it's pretty nifty yeah, I was in a restaurant this last Saturday with um, a good friend, and, you know, I had forgotten this. They uh, they have uh, triple quadruple filtered water. I think it's triple uh, four times distilled. And, you know, in the past you would have to pay extra for that type of water, or you can have it carbonated. But now, because of the type of people who are eating at this restaurant, they offer that at no charge, and they refill wow. it and bring it back. And I thought, you know, three years ago even, you would not have had that. But because yes. people are more aware, and then, you know, they have, they had a, let me think, it wasn't a soy, it was a um, sprouted pea, was it, no, sprouted eggplant, um, mm. or some kind of, some kind of like veggie burger that I was like, what in the world, I can't believe this, and, uh, and a sprouted pea salad, and I thought, wow, we are changing. You know, we are, it's, it's so funny, because right now, my, my, my passion is, I am just remaking every, and I, I don't even really enjoy cooking. <laughs> it's not my forte, but I am remaking every single recipe in the house with just absolute, you know, GMO-free, vegan, you know, just on and on and on. And um, my family's just laughing at me, and I am obsessed with uh, fresh, like, uh, foods with life force in them is how I think about it, you know, foods that are just abundantly vibrating pretty pretty interesting but when you can go to sam's or costco and you find coconut oil you know something's (laughs) changing you know something's changing (laughs) and so many americans have been programmed with you know oils are bad for you and you know and whatever Mm -hmm. and it's like now we're having so many health challenges from the internal organs not being lubricated and things not working and this coconut oil is just fabulous and you know so i think we're just there's a shift in the awareness and um if you if you uh don't mind, I'd like to kind of talk about some of the 2014 um, spiritual trends that you're seeing beyond the shift with this awakening yes, that's happening. absolutely, yes. Yeah, one of the things that I really, um, well, you started off with going looking at the time shifts, and why don't we talk about that? Because I, you know, I've heard more and more people say, gosh, January is normally slow, and it's like so busy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and so uh, I do, I started doing a forecast just kind of from my own, um, I don't know, my own pleasure, a number of years ago, the first time I was asked by the local newspaper uh, here where I live in Oregon, and it was pretty funny because all they wanted to know was who would win this big football game, and so, you know, I had a 50% chance of, of getting that one right, and I actually, I did I did do that right, that one right, but then I started kind of looking at the deeper trends, and for me, I've always been interested in trends for a long time. I used to write for um, 
New Age re or Retailing Insight. Now it's called, um, I used to write their trend, trending column. And so it's just fascinating to me to look at these global things that, that are happening, um, both in terms of habits and practices and then in terms of uh, how spirituality is sort of taking hold in our life for those of us who are sort of um, on that path and working in those areas. And the time thing, even uh, before the show, um, it felt like, you know, I only had, you know, 10 minutes to get, you know, before I knew it would be time to be on the show with you, Cindy. And um, that 10 minutes seemed to stretch into an hour's worth of stuff I needed to do. It just sort of fluidly kind of bent for me or stretched or morphed into something different. Um, and then at the same time, like you said, this sense of, wow, that was that was a fast, a interesting day that I had. How could I even, you know, how can it already be end of January? So it's moving both ways. Yeah, it's interesting. I studied with a teacher from India who taught us a time compression mantra. And mm -hmm. he arrived at one of the conferences that Spirit Seeker put on. And, he, you know, you know, this is so typical of these enlightened masters. He says, he said, what am I teaching? I said, you're teaching karma busting. How much time do I have? An hour and a half. Oh, no, I cannot teach that in an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And I said, mm -hmm. oh, I said, we have the blue carnations and we have the hundred lemons. And what he did not know is that the hundred blue carnations somehow arrived at the hotel, but they had lost them. So I had this volunteer on a Sunday morning get a florist to make 100 blue carnations. And mm -hmm. I had these 100 lemons, everything that was required for this um, particular topic, according to his office. And so, and then right before he arrived, the hotel found the other 100 blue carnations. So I now have 200 blue carnations, 100 <laughs> lemons, and he's saying he can't do it. And, you know, and I knew I had to drop it all right there to just fully be in the moment and I said mm -hmm. okay so we mm -hmm. go into this room with a hundred people the partition between the two rooms was like not totally there was a defect you could hear everything in the other room and he sits there Sarah and he says not one word and the room temperature goes up like I don't know how many degrees and people that are not used to being in the presence of an enlightened master are restless and twitching and all of a sudden he opened his eyes and he delivered the whole complete seminar in an hour and a half mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. only did the hundred people in the room get the blue carnation but there were a hundred to take into the exhibit hall and give to the vendors so that mm. that's when you know what you're talking about with this time thing like i understand that 10 minutes can stretch into what seems like an hour if you're fully present yes if you're fully present and what i'm finding is that presence seems to be sneaking up on us more and more and more it's like i'll just I'll just be sitting and thinking and then suddenly not thinking, just sort of being. And I find this happening all the time. And it's not that my, you know, particular meditation practice is so, um, you know, rigorous or structured. It's more just an approach to being in the world. That I, and I think this is happening to lots and lots of folks. Yes, they're noticed, talking about yeah. it in the Senate. In the Senate, there's a senator who has been teaching mindful meditation, and a friend of mine is on the World uh, Health Finance Committee with the, all the insurances and all the different parts of the world, and she's mm -hmm. attending the conference, which I forget where she said, it's some, some European country, and she said that on the agenda this year, there is 
meditation in the morning and meditation at the end of the day. Wow. And she said, you know, this is like a World Health Conference. And she said three yeah. years ago she had attended and she thought, oh, I wish that they could teach meditation for, you know, health and health benefits with people because this is what they're discussing mm-hmm. is how can we mm-hmm. teach people to be healthier? Well, it was on the agenda. And her mm-hmm. CEO said, oh, did you see that? Did you sign up for it? And she goes, I signed up for both of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there it is. Like this is new. Yes. Wow. Wow. That's that's amazing. I'm I have chills all over my body from <laughs> hearing that. That's great. Well, and it's interesting. Um, so I teach. Uh, I have this thing, Intuition University, where I do these really small group cohorts. We've been doing it for about a year, and so it's been really interesting because I'm able to go like really, really deep with some. I have three three tiny little groups right now, and so these folks are really diving into, like they're really in their practice. They're you know, practicing daily. They're working on their stuff. And we're all experiencing this time shift. Even on our sessions, it might seem like we're together for four hours. <laughs> you know, it's not four hours at all, but this sense in daily life of shifting, shifting, shifting. It's amazing. I agree. Mm-hmm. So the spiritual awakening that we keep talking about with the kids, like these kids mm-hmm. being crystal kids and, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. very, I mean, you know, they're very, I, to me, the children today are more transparent. They're, they are annoyed with adults who try and control them because they're like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what is yeah. your take on the, I mean, the, I've raised children who are now in their stepkids in their 40s down to my youngest is 16 and I'm almost 60. So you get the mm-hmm. picture. So what yeah. do you see with the trends, in, especially with the old time school teachers, you know, like, like the new younger teachers are snappy. And they yes. are, but I mean, there's a there's a gap between the teachers and the students in, in a lot of cases right now. They don't know how to deal with them. Is what I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have two teens at home uh, still, and then a 14, 18, and then a 23 year old. So I'm kind of right there in with you. And in fact, yesterday I watched a pretty amazing Little Mermaid production last last evening, and and the the way the kids are, they're just. Um, very conscious. They're conscious about all of this stuff that we've just been talking about, the GMO and um, meditation, and, and they're just conscious of this at an everyday level, like stuff that it's taken you and me you know, decades to sort of immerse ourselves in and figure out. They just sort of have arrived into the world um, knowing about it. I find that uh, most of them are highly intuitive, um, highly aware of, you know, guidance, other realms. Uh, it, it's just, they just arrive with the knowing. And I also find that, to my mind, it, intuitive ability is always a spiritual, it's a spiritual phenomenon. So this new generation has kind of arrived just in the nick of time to to help us all wake up. And yet, I also find that it's not just limited to the younger ones. I do find, I mean, I think that if I do understand what you mean about these younger teachers in their 30s being snappy and motivational and heart-based, but I do also feel that um, older people are awakening up at the same unprecedented level. Um, my mom's and she's 80, and I just hear these stories every day of these friends of hers I've known all my life in, in that same 80 to 90 age range, 
and they are having spiritual experiences and, and they are believing in things that they would have never even, you know, allowed in their minds 10 years ago. So I don't, I don't think it's just the very young. I think it's all of us. Right. I think we've been very blessed with the Horse Whisperer, with, you know, James von Prague, with John Edward. Mm-hmm. You know, I could go on and on, you know, with, mm-hmm. you know, on the shows, the Long Island Medium, for goodness sake. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, sure. I know, but it's it's like, well, and I think that, you know, as people get a little bit older and their friends start dying and they're really looking at their life, and it's more finite rather than you know infinite. I think that I think that it makes you more aware of your like you know it's like why do some people get ill and die and other people get ill and they master it they get through it so mm-hmm. it's kind of like mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of existentialism that happens with aging if you're awake. Yeah, and I think also this idea that um, I think one of the numbers this is from a Pew report seventy uh, percent of folks. Are no, and I believe this was in America, are no longer um, practicing or following the religion that they were raised with. So that doesn't mean that people are out there operating without spirituality. It means that they are opting for something different, for a different style of spirituality that's serving them better. And um, so you've got all these, that two-pronged thing, you've got all these baby boomers sort of mirroring um, you know, facing mortality a little bit more closely. And then you've got all these, this 70% looking at, um, you know, searching elsewhere for answers to these big questions of, you know, what happens when we move beyond this existence outside of old traditional religions. Interesting combination. Well, it is. And, um, you know, so even, so with social media, let's just go there for a moment and and Mm -hmm. some of the the differences that this is... uh, this is making. So today there is this small little thing. Monsanto has been removed and banned by Austria, Bulgaria, Germany, Greece, Hungary, Ireland, Japan, Luxembourg, Madeira, New Zealand, Peru, South Australia, Russia, France, and Switzerland. They're like, no, we're not going to take your GMO stuff. We don't want it. You know, you can mm-hmm. keep it. And it's like, why not in the U.S.? So let's talk mm-hmm. about this GMO battle and our wonderful FDA. Mm-hmm. Just a moment. <laughs> so, and I'm not, I, I, I do have to admit, I'm not super informed on GMO. However, my 14-year-old daughter is <laughs> probably a bona fide expert on GMO and has done all this research. And again, this idea of the, new, the younger generations. Um, I think it's just a matter of time. Uh, some of the things that I'm noticing in the U.S. where maybe um, laws haven't changed yet, are, I've noticed that the advertising media has changed a great deal. So even a couple nights ago, I watched, it was some kind of car commercial. I don't have a TV, so I was watching on computer, but uh, the commercial came up and it was about, I don't remember the brand of car, but it was about um, something about the car gave you um, it was all about heart chakra the car gave you a better a better a better life you know it's like the car helps you take your baby home and it helps you have relationship with each other and and it was the whole thing was just a hallmark car card for car sales it was like this is the first we're starting to see more of this like heart chakra connection 
um, meaningfulness, and that's what they were using to sell cars, as opposed to, you know, in the past, a girl in a bikini. Uh, so things are shifting. That's and when things, interesting. Yeah when, yeah, when things shift in advertising, then, you know, the culture is shifting. So um, we just need to keep our voices heard and keep our intentions strong and understand that things will be changing. Right. Well, and, you know, metaphysically, cars represent the way we're traveling through life because mm-hmm. if you have a car that is just messy and dirty and just like not loved and honored, you know, I'm mm-hmm. a functional consultant, so I'm really always mm-hmm. aware of energetics mm-hmm. of things. So, you know, if your car is just like, you know, you're just not honoring it, you're not loving it, it's very symbolic of what is going on in your own personal life, just like extreme clutter of any kind, you know, the room can't breathe, you can't breathe. So for Mm -hmm. them to have made a car commercial, that will appeal to anyone who is into the, you know, wanting to to feel good, look good, be good, be part, you know, of the vibrational alignment of of where we're going, which is what your article is talking about, and I just love this article. So that's that's fascinating, that commercial. That's funny. You know, we don't watch much TV at our house either, and it's, it's just interesting when I meet someone else who doesn't watch TV, and it's like, mm-hmm, thank mm-hmm. you so much. I mean, I watch yeah. I watch BBC News. You know, I try to watch that, but um, that's funny. Okay, so the next thing on your um, one of the things on can your I, can I just go, go back, Cynthia? I want I want to yeah. say I haven't watched TV um, since I was an adult. You know, I was raised with TV on mostly sports all the time, and um, we don't have. You know, we don't have a TV, so it's not, like, in our main room at all. Um, I find it kind of disturbing, say, if I go to a gym, they've got all these, you know, screens up and on. And what I find is that I'm really aware of TVs, and this is a little bit different discussion, but I just (laughs) have been thinking about this a lot, Uh, TVs, smartphones, um, computers, pads, all of that, they're definitely portals into, you know, different realms, and a lot of the realms are fairly dark, you know, low vibration, and I'm just really aware, like, I just don't want to, I want to be informed, but I don't want to have this stuff kind of seeping into myself or in my family um, without, you know, being conscious of what's going in. It's just like we wouldn't put poison in our bodies, don't want to allow that portal to be there to put poison in our minds either so that's just that's one thing i've been noticing i think that so many people do not realize that when the tv's on or the radio's on and whether they're consciously listening to or not to it or not it's just like um let's take it from from the unconsciousness to the conscious where we put Mm -hmm. on mantras in the background and we you know every teacher i've studied from any culture they say like even um master um master and um Dr. and Master Shah, he said, just play mm-hmm. the music, just put the book. Yes. Or, or, you know, one of my teachers with Course in Miracles, you know, 30 years ago said, if you can't understand the concepts, put the book near where you're sleeping and vibrationally, the vibration of that book will start to mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. on you. So when we, when we hear that, then people, I think, might actually realize that if they're sleeping with a TV on so they have something, like if they're used to that noise all the time, then they can, you know, hopefully awaken to the fact that, well, what are you going to do with that noise? Wouldn't it be better to have some kind of hemi-sync thing that's working with your brain to, like, balance your right brain, left brain, and create more peace and more awareness? Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, yeah, um, yeah, go ahead. 
Oh no, um, we do um, music. My husband is a he's a fantastic healer, chiropractor, and done a lot of sound healing. And so we have mantra on <laughs> quite a bit in the home. And it's interesting to see friends come over, maybe who aren't sort of in this bath of mantra at all moments, and um, they'll they'll almost go into a little bit of a you know trancey state. Right. to be unable to socialize because they're not used to that situation oh, that that creates. Yeah. Yeah, my yeah. 16-year-old is fine with it now, but when, um, I guess it was about two or three years ago, and he just didn't totally get it. And his friends would be over, and he goes, and he would say, Mom, do not do these monsters <laughs> when my friends are here, you know. And it was like, and now what's funny is, you know, I, I host a moon meditation in my home two nights a month, and I always teach some type of, quiet meditation, some type of, you know, breath with meditation, some type of mantra with the meditation, and then also bring in the moon cycles. And it's so hysterical. Like, sometimes he'll, he'll say, can I have some friends over? And I'm like, well, you're right underneath who are having meditation class. We'll be quiet, Mom. We'll be quiet. So, you know, I don't, I forget what, what mantra we were doing a couple of weeks ago. And I asked him later, I said, so Noah, I said, um, what did your friends think about that mantra? He says, Mom, it was so funny. They said, turn the, turn the game down. We want to hear what they're doing. Oh, and, wow. You know, I, mean, I know. And it was like they know our house is a little different. And, and you know, they just know. And so yeah. I think that the more, like you were talking about, the spiritual awakening that's happening and the more we can be emissaries and not feel awkward mm-hmm. with it. I mean, it's just everybody knows our house is a little different. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and even, you know, if you – Think of the kids' music, um, like MC Yogi, who, with, where he's got a, a more kid, not, not kid, but teen or young adult friendly sound, um, but the lyrics are just absolute positivity, consciousness, etc. And uh, I'm hearing more and more of that kind of stuff creep into mainstream music too. Of course, not all of it, but it's there. It's more more positive, more conscious, more you know, connected and inclusive than it used to be. Yeah. The times are changing. And, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, the 16-year-old is listening to a lot of, like, Pink Floyd and, you know, a lot Mm -hmm. of the music from Mm -hmm. before. And and I, you know, I said to him one day, I said, your grandmother loved Pink Floyd. I said, she also loved Ray Charles. She loved um, the Moody Blues. I said, you're, you, you think that you're, like, finding this music. I said, but music transcends age mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just you know yeah. the soul calls it in and wants you know you still recognize the sound i think sound healing is is fabulous and music is sound. yeah and um once i took I've, I've always just loved music we you know we do music and that's one of the things that we're interested in but um, i went so went to this uh, uh lyrics workshop from these folks from nashville taught it i can't remember and the guy said um very simple he said music helps you feel your emotions. And it's like, yeah, that's music helps you feel your emotions. It helps you, the, the subtlety in ways that music expresses so many emotions that maybe we don't even have a word for. It's like, oh, that's what I'm feeling, just like that song. It's very interesting. Yeah, they, they did a study one time with, um, it was with art, where women who had been sexually abused, there was an exhibit of the women who who attempted to take the feelings inside of them and then put it on a canvas and paint mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. I find that, you know, I love Saraswati, the, the patron saint of uh, arts, music, and, you know, anything mm-hmm. else from India. And I think that 
I think that when you get out of the linear analytical mind and you use any kind of creative expression, whether it be music, singing, writing, painting, if you can get out mm-hmm. of that linear mind, that's where the really good stuff really is. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that exhibit, there were no words that needed to be spoken. You could see what the person had gone through. And, you know, it's more of a cathartic thing getting it out, you know, and hopefully mm-hmm. that, that helped with the, you know, which is, which is really, you know, I looked at your website and I look at all you're doing and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, you were, you were helping people um, as a catalyst to helping them, yes, this, this, we have this information, we have this story, but let's see what we can do to be happy and integrated and move on. Is that mm-hmm. a good way mm-hmm. to put it? I mean, I just looked yeah. at all the things you're doing, and there's a theme through it all, which... Um, oh, thank you. That's, it's interesting, because I never... Um, <laughs> I sort of am really guided. I, I just sort of, in meditation, I kind of receive my next step or next direction. I work absolutely with um, guides. That's kind of my main connection point. Um, but it is interesting. My, I think what I'm trying to do is to help people... Um, one, connect with the divine. That's the, the, if I can create any opening towards that, sort of the, the divine sort of takes it from there. Um, sometimes I think all my purpose is, is just to, to, to remind people to go in and connect, and that's, that's good enough for my whole life's purpose is to keep repeating that message. Um, but then give them some tools to kind of explore their lives. And like you said, you know, we all have a past. We all have hurts and wounds look at them, understand them, and then um, open into a different way of being. It's, we don't have to stay stuck in that mud. Um, it's our choice every single day, every single moment as to, you know, how we're going to feel and think and what we're going to think about, what we're gonna, how we're going to be in the world. So, so listeners, these are some of, some of the books that Sarah has uh, written. Number one is Your Psychic Child. Um, how to to raise an intuitive, spiritually gifted um, child. You know, what, what, do you, what do we do with these kids who are way awake, you know? Um, and then another one is writing the divine, how to use channeling for soul growth and healing. Notice that word soul is going to keep up coming up again and again, especially 2014. <laughs> I'm serious. It's like we are doing mm-hmm. soul yep. level work now. And then yep. another one is becoming your best self, the guide to clarity, inspiration, and joy. Another one, the four passages of the heart, moving from pain into love, transcendence. Intuition, cancer, and miracles, a passage of hope and healing. And, you know, I'm a uh, cancer survivor. It'll be eight years in June mm. um, since I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And, you know, the doctor said, you know, normally we say five years and you can say, yay. In your case, if you're here three years from now, you get to say mm-hmm. yay. And I, mm-hmm. and I remember looking at the doctor saying, you know, I don't know where these actuarial things come up. I mean, I'm sure you have your statistics. I said, but what do you think? And she looked at me and she said, I'm not playing God, but I think you're going to make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I looked at her yeah. and I said, yeah. I said, okay, well, thank you for that vote of support. I think I have some work to get to. You know, I knew mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I knew I had to change some things. So I'm, I'm looking forward to reading that, that book that you wrote. And then um, another, the most recent, and we reviewed this in November, is Living a Life of Gratitude. And this is your journey to grace, joy, and healing. So that's what I meant. When I looked at the different books you've written, when I looked at the other work that you're doing, I mean, it's, it's evolving and blossoming like a lotus. And, you know, you're reaching mainstream people with this. 
Well, yeah, and it's it's interesting, you know, because I, I kind of look forward a lot, not not so much back, but it's interesting how the the timing has been so amazing because so I wrote Your Psychic Child when my kids were quite a bit younger and I used them as my little guinea pig studies. <laughs> I was like, let's try this, honey. We're going to try this experiment. And, <laughs> and you know, like I have a four-year-old doing, doing clairvoyance and um, – and I was so happy that I wrote it then because, of course, now they would be in a different stage. And so the divine sort of said, hey, you got all these kids doing all this stuff. Why don't you track it down and see what you can train them and see what, what you can explore there. And then um, the intuition can't turn miracles. That was my own journey. I had melanoma a year and a half ago and had two surgeries. And for me, um, the entire journey there was getting out of fear the whole mind trip there, and then allowing the guides to work um, in in uh, you know creating some divine healing, which that my outcome was expected to be really different than being cured, and so it was it's a pretty profound um, it was a pretty profound uh, learning experience for me. I also um, I do a lot in audio because I find that when people are beginning to do meditation and not meditation in a traditional, you know, um, maybe a um, Indian sense or, or more traditional practice, but when people are trying to do modern meditation, it's just really useful to have a voice kind of walking you in. <laughs> Otherwise, right, the mind right. sort of has a little trouble kind of figuring out how to do it. So I, I try and do a lot in audio so that people can just put the, you know, MP3 in their phone and be like, okay, I'm going to do a little meditation at lunch break, you know, instead of shopping or whatever they might be doing. And uh, that seems to be pretty popular. You know, it's funny when um, when I was, you know, interviewing Master uh, Geng Shao, whatever, okay, Dr. Shao, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I had listened to his, his first two books, had CDs in the back, and this new one, he's using calligraphy that he's channeling, and then you do this calligraphy that has, in it, you know, it's like, basically activated through um, what he was downloaded with these, these calligraphy things. But but right before I interviewed him, I brought him on the air. We didn't have a whole lot of time. And I, my whole wish was, I thought, oh, I just really would love for him to sing on the air and do that singing. And it's like so funny. There was this one that we listened to that worked with the nervous system and whatever. And it, and it was like, John, and so I played for my students and we would all just like you know we had no idea what it meant but we knew that we felt really good and rested after it and so we would all just kind of come up to each other and go you know we were like a little bit tired and we just laugh immediately feel better right so on this interview I kid you not he's like would you like me to sing some soul music and I'm like oh after the week I've had oh thank you so much and it's so interesting it's like I love that. I love that today we have the guided meditations, and people that don't even know what the chakras are through a guided meditation that says, "Okay, put your hands here. This is chakra number blah blah." You know, and it's like people are getting it. I mean, they're just mm-hmm. getting it, and you don't have to have. It's not complicated. You know, it's not too hard to envision a golden uh, globe or a golden, you know, ball of light. I mean, people mm-hmm. understand this. And the way that this opens, like when we talk about, you know, portals being opening for darkness or for light, 
when we open this portal into light, um, everything everything changes. I mean, even the body itself will. Um, it, you can feel the shift. Like when, when I do maybe some chakra opening, I can feel the energy like vroom, vroom, circling, uh, circling. It's like wow, there's something like happening in my body. And um, people, when they open that, when they open that, everything begins to change. Everything gets healed. Emotions get settled. People become free of anxiety. They gain absolute, you know, clarity into what what they're supposed to be doing with their lives. Relationships heal. I mean, on and on and on. Right. Just what happens when we connect in that way. Well, I'm going to read one of the other um, forecasts for 2014. We've we've mm-hmm. touched on this, but I just want. Um, this one thing came to mind with this. It says, okay, the great spiritual awakening, the great leap forward continues for millions. Many of you will begin to experience great passages of true awakening. This is worldwide. And there was a group of nuns that happened to be, well, not just happened, they were in Rome when the new pope was inaugurated. And it's really interesting that he chose the prayer that he did because it was spoken in every language. It, it brought everyone together. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read that article and I, and I thought, you know what? It's like it doesn't matter if we know a prayer, you know, St. Francis of Assisi, let's just take that one, or, you know, um, you know the Our Father. It's like to hear it spoken in all different languages and people coming together in a whole, like, inclusive way it's just amazing you know like i just think it's amazing and i i think that people all over the world are waking up especially you know like in europe i mean spain has a 25 percent unemployment rate for the young people italy has been mm-hmm. through i mean germany is the only one who's really done well but they they don't live beyond their means i mean they're very mm-hmm. careful with their economic structure but but all of, but yet germany knows that if they don't keep the european alliance together Who's going to buy their stuff? It's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. we're all in it together in a different way. And I think this idea of social media or the Internet, the way that this has connected people has created um, emotional ties so that say you have, like I have quite a few folks say in um, Australia or Canada that, that I'm, um, I work with probably because they're English speaking and um, we create so these young people are all on social media. They're creating all of these connections with people from different countries, different cultures. And so the old fear myths, you know, of people being different or, or us being separate or, or um, this person being, you know, negative, they just dissolve because they're able to connect directly with each other. And this is, this is bringing, you know, this type of, it's not just communication as in emails or texting, it's also an energetic connection. It's almost a kind of telepathy of the soul that's beginning to happen so that the collective, the collective soul is finding a way to come together in ways that weren't possible even 10 years ago just because of Internet. And so this is one of the reasons that we're seeing so much so much change because we're able to be with each other um, in a different mm-hmm. way. Yeah, and, and ni- 1994 is when the internet really started. And you know, I mean, 
you know, some of the newscasters, you know, on the Good Morning America and all the different shows were laughing. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to have this new mail, so many, such Mm -hmm. and such at, you know, fax machines were the thing 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, know, they all laughed, Katie Corley or, I don't know, I forget all the different, (laughs) you know, whatever. But they all laughed. Like, can you imagine so-and-so at, and that's Gmail, that's your new Mm -hmm. mail. And now Mm -hmm. I cannot even imagine publishing. I mean, I I remember, you know, the pasteboard boards where you had to, like, print the ads, put them on board, take a digital picture of it, and that's what went to the printer, and they had to develop the film. And nowadays, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, we Mm -hmm. just finished the February issue. It, you know, we're, you know, it's over a week ahead, and it's, like, it will be uploaded directly to the website, and the printer takes the files right from there. I mean, everything's digital. Everything's Mm -hmm. electronic. There's no, there's none of the other stuff anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so even the time frames in which, say, a book used to take, well, books do take, traditional books take quite a while still, but, you know, in the past, maybe it would might take a couple years for a book from from the beginning to being out in the stores, and now it can take, you know, actually probably could take a, a couple weeks um, and so the ideas can be out there faster, so we're able to move faster um, because we have access to the ideas and the changing ideas without that lag time. Right. You know, Hay House Publishing, we work with a lot. We work with, you know, publicists, East Coast, West Coast, you know, primarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, some, some that aren't East Coast, West Coast, but most of them for some reason are on the coast. I'm, I don't, I'm not sure why, but that's, you know, kind of how it is. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, even Hay House, they, um, I knew several years ago that if you were an author promoted by them, you still had to hire your own publicist because mm-hmm. they, they, they do enough. But, you know, now everything's being ready for the Kindles, the Nooks, everything's going to be digital. Mm-hmm. They're, they're mm-hmm. positioning themselves. And, you know, it's funny, I, um, I don't know what this is called, but it's, it's, um, there's a name for it. Like the new books will be electronic with a link to a YouTube video so that you're, if you're reading about space clearing and you're, they're talking about, you know, using a feather and using a sage or whatever, you just click that link right in the digital book and it goes right to a, and I forget there's a name for this, um, right to, like there you inter, Yeah, it's like an interactive book. Or it's, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right, and in and India, that's it's been way. done. I mean, it's just normal, but it's just now really hitting the U.S. because we were still pretty much mm-hmm. a traditional hold the hand, the book in your hand type thing. And with Spirit Seeker Magazine, we've been published, you know, for almost 18 years, 17 and a half years. And 15 of those years, we've been online, which is only because, you know, angels mm-hmm. sent these young people that knew way before I did you know, what the right, world was, right. you know, I mean, and, and that's really where we're going. We're still a print magazine, but, you know, ultimately um, they're predicting that there will be no newspapers. You know, it's it's like you want to read the New York yeah. Times, you're going to just turn your computer on. And so times are different. Information is readily available, but um, I want to now totally switch gears to a whole different direction. Um, okay. And this is this is where uh, you you said a new healing emerges. The health insurance fiasco is a sign that we are moving from the fear and scarcity based systems of health to a new way. Energy healing will become not just more mainstream but more effective. The old models of illness are beginning to be released, even though we are still in early stages. So my feeling, this all arrived to me um, during this writing of the Intuition, Cancer, and Miracles when I saw so clearly, uh, basically I I was in meditation um, straight (laughs) for almost 
couple, for a couple months. That's all I did was meditate, listen to mantra, talk to my guides, uh, just worked on all of that connection, and that's where healing was created for me. Um, and then, of course, I live with a master, a master healer who's a hands healer. So it's just been very clear to me that all of this fear-based way, this the scarcity way, this way of you know, say chemotherapy of of um, using poison to you know cure or fix. It's just like it's. It's like we're just going to take a great leap forward in understanding, you know, food as medicine, meditation as medicine, energy healing as effective, and it's just it's just happening. It, the it, health insurance fiasco is falling apart because we're not supposed to be using that system anymore. We're supposed to be taking charge of our own bodies with the GMO, taking charge with our new ways of eating. Um, just taking charge and just saying, I, I deserve my body is a sacred place. I deserve the best things for it, and no fear and no toxicity is going to be allowed to come in. And of course, that just creates health over and over and over. Right. You know, it's just so interesting how um, I don't even want to go into it because it's so political with the health insurance, um, mm-hmm. but. But I think it's fascinating that more and more money is being spent going for a Reiki healing session, going for a sound mm-hmm. healing session, going for a chakra balancing session, going mm-hmm. for, you know, et cetera. And, you know, I have one client who is, you know, she's been diagnosed with cancer seven years ago, and um, she comes every other week for her Reiki healing session, and she's doing just fine, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. But she's made but other think, changes. You know, it's not just yeah. the Reiki. She's, she's made other changes too. But the point is is that none of this is covered by insurance. None right. of it. So even The chiropractors sort of are, but that was, they weren't even covered at all until the mm-hmm. early 80s. And, well, yeah. Even yeah. my husband, um, as a chiropractor, he's had a really full practice. He's, he's been um, very – well, he, he was a, a – former Sikh with Yogi Bhajan and then he was like Michael Jackson's chiropractor. He's just been doing this for a long, long time. Um, but even now, insurance, he just he just sent a letter to one of the major insurancers and said, I'm not, I'm not going to be working with you guys anymore. The stress and the level of um, paperwork, it's like, I just want to do healing for people. I, I, I'm not interested in this rigmarole anymore. And um, Interestingly, <laughs> poor guy. Upon this, you know, he's like, I probably lose a bunch of clients, and it's like, no, you have more clients. Oh no, busier <laughs> right, right. than ever. You it's know like what? You call in the perfect come. clients, and and some of the clients yes. that you know, it's just it's all energy. Yes. And nature abhors a vacuum, and if he lets go of, you know, we know yeah. how this works. It's like the bright people will show up because it's just, yeah. you know, that's the, the fear-based thing of, you know, and that's why, you know, insurance companies instilled that fear. If you had an internal cancer mm-hmm. and you let mm-hmm. your insurance go, it was 10 years before you get that can- that, that uh, insurance mm-hmm. back. So, mm-hmm. you know, right. now it's like, it's like it's a buyer's market, and it's, you know, it's just funny. I mean, the, the, the sad part. And you know, and I don't know that they could have predicted this, but the sad part is that now that there's actually, um, 
you know, a way to figure out, you know, what your health care costs should be based on your income, et cetera, and age and all that. You know, what's interesting is that, you know, a lot of people are now qualified for Medicaid, but because of the state's rights, a lot of them are saying, yeah, that's right, you are, but we're not expanding our Medicaid program. So that's where these vouchers are going to come in. So it's like really there's just a, a realignment and, you know, you, you go to other countries and they don't have this. And believe it or not, I'll, I, I saw this on some show I was watching on, it was probably over a year ago, Taiwan has the best healthcare delivery system of anywhere in the world. And why mm-hmm. Taiwan, I do not know, but somehow or another, they, they, whoever was in charge of their healthcare in their country studied, like, you know, studied Canada, studied U.S., studied, you know, all over the world. They studied mm-hmm. a lot of, and, and they came up with this healthcare system that is actually the best get the best supposedly mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I don't know how it's different but but I know that we can all learn from one another and, and it and it you know is it's like my friend who's on that global you know she was on the global economic committee with healthcare, and now this is another whole whole different piece of it and I'm just grateful that people are talking and we're learning rather than always reinventing yes yes and the idea of longevity too which I don't think has really um, come home to us yet I mean we understand that in first world countries were living longer but this idea that that we can live to like a lot of these younger kids they're going to easily live to be a hundred um who knows how long we'll live but we're going to probably live longer than you know we might have expected and it's interesting because the way that i've been um receiving it or looking at it is that in future, we're going to live a really long time. And it's almost just that there's this mind construct that we're supposed to die around a certain decade, when in reality, if we treat the body differently, if we're doing you know, the health practices, food practices, meditation, living joyful lives, um, we're going to live longer and longer and longer. It's like we will, just as time sort of has been shifting, we're going to bust through this concept of that we need that we need to die at you know whatever age we, we believe we're supposed to be dying. It's just going to go away. Yeah, this is future, I, this is future but it's it's coming. Um, it's coming even now. You know, I remember teaching a class. Uh, it was personal mastery, and you know, we did breath work, and I don't know. It was a whole year. The students studied with me. It was just a few years back, and so we were working with that whole idea of physical immortality, and you know, what does mm-hmm. that mean, and you know, the whole idea around it. And without any prompting, each person, I said, "Okay, at what age are you going to die?" And it was mm-hmm. interesting. People, like this one gal, said, "I'm going to die at 58." And she was like 45. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, within the work was, okay, so where where do you feel that that comes from? And, well, everyone in my family, blah, 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 blah. Oh, so, so mm-hmm. because everyone mm-hmm. in your family, you're going to continue this um, thought in your DNA, and your DNA, of course, will respond to whatever your thoughts are, since thoughts are things. And so it was really mm-hmm. an interesting exercise in really looking at, you know, what is your thought pattern on this? And, mm-hmm. you know, and if you did know that you, you know, if you programmed it in that that's where you're going to die, so what are you going to do between now and then? You know, and I think mm-hmm. that's where mm-hmm. the Dalai Lama has helped so many of us. Like his message for 2014 was where, you know, he he's on every, you know, YouTube video all over Facebook, all over everywhere, and, and here he is. <laughs> you know, you know how it is, you know, but now we get to see mm-hmm. him and, you know, feel it. And I, mm-hmm. I saw him last year with like 2,000 people, no, 4,000 people in Chicago. And it was the first time I'd actually seen him in person. And he did a, a thing similar to what we were talking about earlier with the time compression. I mean, I was in in that 
that seminar with him with 4,000 people, and I was still in a wheelchair. I'd fractured my, um, it was in 2012, actually. I fractured my knee and broke my ankle in three places. And I was like, I'm a little, you know, like space challenged when it comes to that many people anyway. And to be in a wheelchair, it was like, oh. But because mm-hmm. I was in the wheelchair, I wasn't up in the gallery where the rest of the media was. I got to actually be really close. And mm-hmm. at one point, I thought, where did I just go? I mean, I was I was in a whole different dimension, even though I heard everything he said, but at one point, I was gone. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. Sean, Penn, Sean Penn's up on the stage, and I'm like, where did I just go? You know, it was like, mm-hmm. but I knew, I knew that he took me very deeply. So then, when I'm watching this little 2014, his message, which was exactly, I think, one and a half minutes, but in one and a half minutes, he basically said, what if you chose this year to just be happy what if you just made that decision to just be happy and it's like Mm -hmm. every every part of his fiber of his being was just like Mm -hmm. so it's like Mm -hmm. these are amazing Mm -hmm. times sarah and i I Mm -hmm. love Mm -hmm. i love what you're doing i love i love this like you know this okay what do you think's happening we're all waking up what are we going to do with it you know in in 11 different forecasts you touched on the children and the teen leaders you touched on human rights you know continuing to Mm -hmm. to be front and center because you know we still have a very um non- Oh, what is even the word? We all know. It's just the United States is acting out in so many ways, like stuff that's it's, still in the subconscious mind. Yeah, I think it's it's actually, I don't even use the word, it's a battle right now in human rights to, to, to head towards light and the things that we all know. So obviously, you know, we're all one, so whatever... Whatever happens to the least of us happens to every single one of us, and it's like this battle to, like, get that view clear out of the out of the clutches of fear. You know, one of the things I put on the list also was this idea of the legality of marijuana in some oh, of I wanted in to go Colorado. There. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's and that's I just think we haven't even under so I'm not sure how I feel about it actually. Um but I do know that for a lot of people one, marijuana is a medical thing, and then for another group of people, it's a very big, it can be a really big mind expander in terms of consciousness, and suddenly that's legal. So that is pretty fascinating. Like, what happens when uh, it becomes legal, not just in a few states, but in a lot of states, and so people are taking this um, drug that's, expanding the mind like what happens there um, and again I'm, I'm not sure that I'm pro or con I'm just noticing that aspect of it as again uh, a way in which we're changing in which our consciousness is changing as a as a collective I think that you know even with the Super Bowl you know there's all kinds of you know jokes going around oh the Super Bowl both of the mm-hmm. teams that are in the Super Bowl you know have legalized marijuana and you know I think that there, you know, I can remember in the 70s in University of Michigan, you know, Ann Arbor, they made smoking marijuana a parking ticket, okay? You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's, and, you know, you look at the movie, I forget what the name of that movie was, where, oh my gosh, I can see her, where she was dying and she started smoking marijuana, it was the only way she got through it. And mm-hmm. um, I think that, I think that it's, how do I even put this? 
we all know that anything that is used uh, in a way that is habit-forming and not for the highest good is right. not as good. Right, as an, as an escape, escape. way of numbing, right. numbing out. Yes, right. Okay. And yet I can remember a dear friend saying that he took one or two puffs every morning before he did his yoga practice. And mm-hmm. in that, the one or two mm-hmm. puffs just put him, but he would not smoke any of the rest of the day because the rest of the day he was fully present with his life. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, but this guy also took psychedelics for 30 days in a row just to see what, you know, I mean, he was one of those <laughs> wow. you know, scientific, yeah. leery, you know, people. Yeah. And, you know, and I have a dear friend who has been a psychotherapist for I don't know, she's 70, so she's been, you know, a psychotherapist for years. And, you know, I had her talk to my son before he went, uh, my son before he went to college, and I remember her saying, you can do this, you can do that, you can do this, but stay away from cocaine because, mm-hmm. you know, you think that it's just, you know, a fun thing, but it's so addicting, you know, to to your mind as well as the body. And she said, you can, you know, you it's just stay away from it. And, right. you know, and, it's, and it was interesting. I mean, she, she, one of the articles that we're going to have in Spirit Seeker next month, is using mushrooms as a gateway for, you know, they're using mushrooms, I and mean, we're not talking about the psilocybin, although that is part of it. They're using psilocybin mushrooms um, is in certain cases with people to get them into a, an altered state where they can actually, but, the, but this is under a doctor's supervision, you know, where they can, mm-hmm. you know, cross the gateway. You know, but they're using other mushrooms as healing for cancer, healing for all this stuff. And there's like this conference that's been happening for 28 years that we're covering in, in next month's Spirit Seeker. And, you know, it's just, I think that, I think that the baby boomers hitting the age, baby boomers, yes. many of them, you know, it's like, you know, yeah. fake love, not war. And all of a sudden, yeah. you know, they all grew up smoking pot. And, you know, I can remember as a young person walking into concerts and, you know, they didn't, they didn't even try and stop it. It was just, you know, but, but, you know, so I don't know the answer. I, I, I think well, that, I think, yeah, I think this yeah. idea that it's going to, I, I, I like, I just noticed that as a trend, like this is going to be a really, really big deal and it's going to change us. And so it's up to us to determine, you know, and the other thing interesting about altered states, I guess for me personally, (laughs) I kind of am in an altered state all the time. That's, that's, <laughs> a lot of that's time. why, you know, so, I know. A friend of mine wanted me to do an ayahuasca ceremony. I'm like, I don't need to do an ayahuasca ceremony. I'm already there. You know, and it's like if I want to like take a journey... (laughs) Yes, I don't need oh to journey more. Right, I need right. to, I need to focus on my practicalities more. Right, right. <laughs> I need to I journey more. I understand. Yeah. But, but you know, yeah. so the times they are changing. The times they are changing, yeah. and you know, but you know, as they realize more and more that marijuana helps arthritis, and marijuana helps mm-hmm. glaucoma, mm-hmm. and marijuana helps people with cancer, and you know, I mean, mm-hmm. all the different Absolutely. things. Absolutely. I mean, my mom had cancer, and the morphine only worked so far. I got her stoned one time. I'll tell you what, and mm-hmm. I gave her the, I gave her the. I got the pills from a friend who had the, uh, what was it called, Marinade? I don't I forget now, Marinol. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. when I saw that my mom was able, you know, here she has lung cancer, kind of a bad thing to give her, you know, a smoking, you know, form of it right. initially. But once I saw that her pain was gone for four hours and she was happy and she ate, I was like yes. on it with the pain yep. medicine management doctor, give her the Marinol for God's sake, you know, and it was a yeah. big deal. And luckily that guy was from New York and then New York is pretty normal, but Midwest is very conservative. Okay. So we're going to run out of time. I, I want to 
Thank Sarah Weisman, and I want to give you her website, S-A-R-A-W-I-S-M-A-N, Sarah Wiseman, Wiseman, though, dot com, but remember that, sarahwiseman.com, and there's wonderful things on there. There's a blog, there's information about her radio shows, information about her six books. Um, we, we have a, an article in the November, the... January, and we will have an article on the February issue. And, you know, Sarah, I just really want to thank you. And definitely, listeners, read this article. It's, um, it's in the January issue, and everything's archived. So it's Forecast 2014, 11 Spiritual Trends Beyond the Shift, because we didn't even get to cover all of them. And um, I just want to thank everyone for supporting Spirit Seeker Magazine. Once again, send me an email to info at spiritseeker.com. Ask to be added to our list. Please forward our newsletters to your friends and family so that they can be on our list, because the more we all connect, the more we make the world a better place through intention. So thank you so much, Sarah. <laughs> I'm oh, sure Cindy, we'll be I had a great again. time. Thank <laughs> okay. you so much. Great right. time with you. Okay. Namaste, everyone. Mm-hmm.